to the next stage. The next stage is we've traveled a course whereby we started off by p pointing out that our general disposition when approaching life should always tend towards the positive. Not because we are foolish and overly optimistic, but because we have an emuna that ultimately everything is good and the only function that Ra plays is to cover over what is good in all ways, meaning good, good in a way that we can appreciate it, not good in a philosophical way that is painful and difficult and we suffer, but good in, in, in the experience of the, of the moment as well as in the philosophical implications thereof. It's, it's true goodness, the goodness that I would want and you would want and, can, and therefore our expectation, our expectation is that we always, we always expect goodness. Now, the Rabbeinu Yonah takes us one step further and he lists it as a commandment which is a fascinating thing what the Creator demands of us this, this level of optimism seems almost absurd in its extremity but again the theme being constantly that the relationship between good and evil is that good is and evil is an illusion so for it to disappear, disappear doesn't take much that's something that we have to inculcate inside of ourselves that evil does not have a cure once you do that there's so many ramifications one of the many ramifications which is crucial for us we'll see shortly the the Shari Chiva, one of the one of the most crucial ramifications is people don't change for the simple reason that they do not believe in change. They don't think that change can come about. They feel that they've been so broken down into their habits and their ways that there's no way out. That's called a lack of emunah in Mashiach. Mashiach means that everything seems that it's going in a particular direction and you cannot reverse the process. The emunah in Mashiach is that's all an illusion and the process can be reversed as we saw last week immediately in a moment in a flash because this entire machinery of what the world appears to be is illusionary it's not real underneath it there's a core a much more powerful and consistent and deeper notion of reality which has and will always triumph over the illusion that's true in the global sense, that's true in the personal sense. And therefore, just like in the global sense, the Emunah and Meshach means, it doesn't matter what it looks like. The world can look disastrous. There can be threats from all possible sides. But it doesn't bother me. Because I know that when I connect to the reality of the Creator, my Emunah transcends the bleak prospects of life. Just like I need to have Emunah, in the global perspective, I have to have Emunah in myself that I am truly good, that I can bring about my own personal redemption. Without that emunah, a person is strapped. First of all, in his attitude towards life, but also in his attitude towards change. You don't pursue it if you don't believe it's going to happen. That tikva is crucial. Ben Yonah says, When a person will say, look, he's in the battlefield, in the most critical scenario possibly imaginable where the world is ganging up against you or there's foreign armies which are congregating to invade and you look at them and you look at their 
unexhaustible arsenal of weapons and you look at their precision aiming on your directly onto your most vulnerable points and their soldiers are superbly trained and they have the best most unimaginably advanced war machinery how should you feel logically one would feel in absolute fear and trepidation says the Rabbeinu if you'll say to yourself when you look upon the scene of what's going on they are way more than me there's no whack and triumph over them the Pazuk says don't be scared but that's an irrational requirement how can you not be scared they're going to blow you out the water another Pazuk you'll go to war and you'll see a horse a chariot a nation much greater than you don't be scared it's a ridiculous, ridiculous requirement. What do you mean, don't be scared? They're bigger than me. They're better than me. They're going to get me. I can't not be scared. I should be petrified. What am I? I'm a sugarna. Am I absolutely out of touch with reality? Who's hiding in Bazaar? We've been warned. Shi'im Yer Adam comes along the Rabbeinu Yoni and says this is not only relevant to a soldier going out in war, there is a general application to each and every Jew in each and every situation when a tzorah confronts him in life. Who's haunu bezeh? Shi'im Yer Adam ki tzorah If you see that there is a tzorah coming your way, a problem, some type of issue, some type of threat, tiyeh Yeshua's Hashem bilvavoy you should the attitude is you have the the notion the understanding of the redemption of Hashem should be the way you experience that difficult situation and not only should it be in your heart meaning you should think about how Hashem can save you in an instant things can turn upside down in a flash but the Yiftach Aleho you should rely on that you should rely on that close to those that have awe of him is his redemption why are you scared you think you can die from a man emuna not only transforms our perception of the world around us it transforms our perception of negative events which are occurring in the face in our faces now recently Recently, I read the most. Fascinating email. I think I can maybe even. Let me just pause for a moment. So, over here we have an email which I feel captures this point. And this is the email written on Sunday, the 1st January. An incredible woman, Surya Kochevet Batsara, also known as Stella, will be having a very intense surgery to remove her stomach. And with God's tremendous help, the cancer that six months ago looked to set to destroy her completely. It didn't quite simply because people prayed. No, begged God to spare this amazing, young, vibrant, beautiful, sensational, delightful, wonderful mother of four, incredibly gorgeous children and wife. Miraculously, she has come to this point. She is now able to have surgery. 
After six excruciatingly painful and difficult months of chemotherapy, doctors looked on in shock and saw that surgery was possible. There was no other explanation then, as her devoted husband said, God has been listening. I believe he's going to be listening again. On Sunday at 7.45, Israeli time when surgery is set to begin, I just therefore ask you this, and that means surgery is happening right now as we speak. Give him something to listen to. Whether you like to do to heal him, pray, speak to God, do some learning, or through whatever you, way you connect to God, intensely appeal to him to save this amazing lady and end this terrible suffering. Beg him to give her back her tremendous life and let her wonderful family enjoy her once more. She deserves your help. I'm desperately asking for it. Thank you in advance for your thoughts and prayers. It would be wonderful if you could let me know what you'll be doing in his chus this coming Sunday. Below is one of the latest posts her husband wrote. Okay, so that's the introduction. That's the context. And it's happening... Right now, this should be a schus for her. And this is her husband, now I'm going to read for what her husband wrote. God is listening. Five months ago, Stella and I sat in the oncology department of Shari Tzedek and were told that she had no chance. We were told that Stella had stomach cancer that had progressed too far to be operable. The cancer had spread outside her stomach and could not be cured. We were told that Stella needed immediate chemotherapy. The chemo would make her terribly sick and the best we could hope for is that it could slow the spread of the disease. We lived with an impending nightmare since that moment. We just came back from a meeting at the hospital. In the next few weeks, Stella will have an operation. If successful, she'll be cured. She'll be cured. She'll be cured. Breathe. I know and I want everyone to understand that this is major surgery and that there are a lot of risks. First, we'll have to do exploratory examination. They may find problems not revealed by the latest scans and have to stop. But they may not. And if everything looks they'll continue the operation and then she'll be cured she'll be cured she'll be cured breathe what happened in the last five months to reverse the diagnosis I think the answer is pretty clear if you're reading this I think you must be one of the thousands of people around the world who have been praying for Tzura Kuchevet Batzora or maybe you're one of the people who sponsored my bike ride and gave charity in Stella's name or maybe you're one of the kind souls who kept our spirits with, up with emails comments visits and chicken soup whatever you've done you've helped save Stella's life thank you now I know we're not quite ready to put on the party hats because it's still early to do that. There's still more chemo and operation and a hospital stay and a recovery. We should not get ahead of ourselves ahead of ourselves because the coast is not clear. But you know what? Hell, I'm putting on my party hat now. And if you think I talk loudly, my heart is screaming out loud right now. And most importantly, thank you God. Putting on his party hat. Let's call Emuna. Let's call Bitochen. Let's call living the life. He's putting on his party hat. And that just gives you all the perspective in the world. When a person puts on his party hat because his wife can have a stomach room. So, Rabbein Yonah says, And you see a Tzaros is coming away. You should have Hashem's Yeshua in your heart. 
and you should have absolute assurance you should trust in it so you see when we do that we start to see how the things which appear to be the big anchors of the world we're living in the life that we exist within already very weak and they pale in comparison to the strength of Emuna. The Emuna that can literally triumph over the mightiest armies, the most insurmountable odds. And that's because underneath the surface there's a basic fundamental point. And he's toiv in every possible way. And if only we can scrape beneath the gunk so we can access that both personally and universally. That's what the Rabbi Yonah says. How can I possibly go, overcome them? There's so many. Hashem gives us a guarantee. If He tells us not to be scared, it means that not only shouldn't we be scared, not only is it a mile to be scared, but it's speaking to each and every one of us. It's an Isidoraisa. Don't do it. You're not allowed to. You know, how can you, how can you not be? But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a failed human being. What do I have to offer to Yuri Bonish Lolam? How can I possibly expect you to do it for me? That's not the point. The point is not what you can expect and what Akash Baruch expects of you. It's that you have to have that level of trust in Him. Loisiro Mahem. Shimira Adam Kitsara Krova Tieshuas Hashem Bilvovoi. Tie Yeshuas Hashem Bilvovoi. Vivtach Oleho. And when you do that, you actually, you live in a different world. The whole nature of cause and effect is turned upside down. And that's called living in the life of a Nitzchias. You live in a life where, where the world that we see it is not the reality, but there's a world beyond that, which is a much deeper, more potent reality. When you're living in that life, so you live in a completely different world. It's not that you're living in the world and you've got an aspect that changes. You're a calmer person. You're living in a different reality. You're living in a reality which is much closer to the to true reality. That's a Rabbeinu Yonah. Taking this a little bit further, there's an interesting Ramban on this week's parasha. The Ramban, the Ramban takes a verse describing Yaakov Avinu and takes it one step further. The verse says, The Creator that it's not clear what the word Haroya means. It's with an iron. It doesn't, it's not clear if it means befriended me, shepherded me from when I was before until this very day. So the Ramban says that the word Roye is from the word Re'echo Vere'avicho, the friend, my friend, and the friend of my father.
so the Ramban says that Yaakov Avinu's middle of Emes only came into true fruition when he returned to the land of Eretz Israel. And also because when he was in Chutzlaret he had to deal with Lavan and therefore he had to deal in a conniving manner in order to outwit the deceitful Lavan in his many designs to deprive Yaakov of his rightful salary. So that's what the Ramban says. Reb Yerucham comes to expand upon that and he describes an interesting event which occurred to him. He says, once I was walking, I was far out of my country and I happened to be in a place where people were being taught how to shoot. I'm assuming what he meant is what we'll call a, uh, a shooting range. Shooting range. And there was a series of targets in all different types of shapes put across the background and people who had guns were shooting at those targets and each the targets had different forms. There were, there were shapes of men, shapes of animals and in all of the targets there was a a bullseye, a small area which was highlighted that the people were meant to aim at and shoot. And therefore, their accuracy would be measured by the proximity in which they, they managed to get their bullet. The closer they got it to this spot, the better aim they were. And if they managed to actually hit the target in the bullseye, so that would be the ultimate. So now, you see that Rebbeuchum, like the Baile Musa, were in the habit of doing, never let an event go by without extrapolating a limit from it. The Baile Musa were the masters at using the landscape of their lives as illustrations of the inner world of Torah. So from this target practice, Rebbeuchum derived a crucial idea. He said, Yaakov Avinu was the, uh, the Av who represented Midas HaEmes. And the Ramban openly says that the Midas HaEmes that Yaakov Avinu had only really came into fruition when he got to Eretz Israel. So the Ramban asks, or Rabbi Yerucham, sorry, goes and takes a little bit further just to explain what this means. There's a Medrash in Koheles that Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai says Shloisha Kesorim Haim There are three different crowns Keser Torah, the crown of Torah the Keser Kuhuna, the crown of priesthood of Kuhuna the Keser Malchus and the crown of kingship Then the Medrash goes on and says a phenomenal thing Keser Kuhuna Zochaboy Aaron The crown of priesthood Aaron got Venatloi and then he took it the crown of Malchus David took it. So it says Rabbi Yerucham, I don't understand. There was Kohuna, there was Malchus, and these people took those crowns. Now what's the significance of taking those crowns? So he quotes the Ramban that describes the Chashmanoim. Aaron took the case of Kohuna. That means his descendants would be the Kranim. And he was the only one from only Aaron because he was merited. Whatever he did, he got the case of Kahuna. He had the right 
for his generations to be Koyanim. David took Malchus. Hence, the king would have to be from his offspring. You could only be a Melech if you come from base David. The Chashmonoim were described by the, Ram, the Ramban as Kiayu Chasidei Elyoin. They were Hasidei Elyon, meaning they were the, the, the greatest and most righteous of people. The Chashmonaim, however, were Koyanim. And they took the Malchus. They became the kings of Israel. What happened to them? The Gemara says they were completely obliterated from the face of the earth. Every single one of the Chashmonaim was killed and there was no progeneration to the degree that any person that would claim to be from the house of the Chashmonaim, one would be certain that he was not and he was an Eved. Because Herod staged an uprising and he murdered every last member of the Chashmonaim family save one pretty girl that when she saw her fate, she committed suicide. He then preserved her by some type of medicinal process trying to trying to give over the message that he actually became the Chashmonoim Kim and his offspring were Chashmonoim but he was an Eved so therefore any person that claims to be a Chashmonoim we know he's an Eved because there was not a single vestige of that empire and why was that? because David was Ochir to Malchus and not the Kronim so there's an Indian of Zechia over here which is seemingly extreme what we have to start to understand is what does Zechia mean? it almost means that if a person can have something but also in Torah and in Avoda, there's something called hitting the target. You can be very close, but if you miss the target, you don't get it. The Chashmonoim were very close. They were Chasidah Elyayim. But they couldn't have got the target of Malchus because it had already been got by someone else. Someone else got the target of Malchus. There are certain things in our life that when you hit the target, you get it. And if you miss the target, you don't. There's something called Nekudas Ha'emes. There's a point. And if a person, you can be very good. But if you don't get to the point, you lose out on the continuation, you lose out on the essence, you lose out on the elemental perfection that is lying in wait for you. What we have to do is explore how that idea has a relevance to us. So let's take it a little bit further and go to the Ovis. The Ovis, each of the Ovis represents one of the three fundamental midas which are in our world. Avram is connected Chesed, Yitzchak is connected Gvura, and Yaakov is connected Emes. You've got these three different ways to express yourself in the world, to interact with the world. That's what a midah is. A midah is how you translate the idea into practice, the interface. The midah is the interface between how I act on the world. I act on the world through my midos. Internally, there's deeper things. There's chokhmah, bin, and But my midos, my midos, the seichel is the internal structure. The midos is when that internal structure becomes represented in the world. That's when you transform it from seichel to midos. There are three primary midos on the side of, on the good side, on the side of toiv, that define a person. Chesed, gvura, emes. Each of those had a, a nakuda bullseye. In order for a person to, to be able to 
Hanyin that bullseye here to become the ultimate. We will shortly discuss how Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov managed to hone in with extreme accuracy on the precision point of Chesed Emes, Chesed Gvuran Emes. And then we have to see we all too have a certain target that we're aiming for. And the point is not to get in the range of the target. The point is that each individual has the precise point that he's been enlisted to find, to shoot at, and to hit. And getting close doesn't help. It helps, but it's not it. So therefore, Abhaisai, I leave you with that thought to ponder. And uh, we should all daven for Surya Yochevet Basara that you should have a refuah shleima and a hachlama mehira. Amen.